Hello, hello, and welcome to a special episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing fantastic. We have had, what, three, four showcases over the past four to five days? Yeah, it's that time of the year where everybody has their own showcase because nobody's doing E3 anymore, so everything is separated throughout the week. Uh, Xbox had their showcase. Ubisoft had their showcase. The Summer Game Fest was a showcase. The PC Game Show had a showcase. And later this week, as we're recording this episode, I believe Steam Fest Next is going to start. So, yeah, a whole week of nothing but showcases and demos so we're gonna be quite busy this week we're also missing the capcom showcase which is going on right before right after we record rather so that's unfortunate we're gonna be missing that capcom showcase but uh yeah man we've had a few showcases to talk about this episode's probably gonna go out a little late just because we're recording this episode right after the ubisoft show ended just a heads up there, but man, you ready to just go ahead and get into this? Because we have a main topic today that I did not, like, I kind of expected us to talk about Starfield, but not in this context. Yeah, we've been a bit iffy about Starfield on this podcast, uh, so I think it's best if we just go ahead and jump right into it. Taylor, what's going on with Starfield? Well, we need to pull a Shaquille O'Neal. We need to make an apology <laughs> to Starfield, because we were not really familiar with their game uh i i was one of those people who i don't think i was pessimistic about starfield but i kind of had the outlook that okay it's just gonna be fallout in space what exactly is bethesda gonna do and then during their 45 minute showcase it it pretty much for me was bethesda bitch slapping me in the face uh, to be like, oh no, we're adding all this stuff. This is why we're Bethesda. And to be fair, they still have to deliver on all of what they promised here. And I think if they deliver on at least 70, 75% of it, it's probably going to be a game of the year quality title. <laughs> just the way that they just went in scope. So man, Starfield, what did you think from their showcase here? I was honestly surprised. Uh, I, like you, was very skeptic. I did not think it was going to be much to look at, much to care about. I was one of those people like, yeah, I really don't care about the direct. Uh, the little bit of gameplay they showed us at a different, I think it was FanFest. I forget where they showed us uh, that we got beforehand earlier this year. I was like, yeah, I don't care about this direct. The game doesn't look that fun. Fallout in space. Actually, I'm kind of sick of Fallout. Uh Especially 76, I did not care for 76. So I was like, yeah, I I really don't care. This is Bethesda, which means it's going to be laggy, buggy, messed up nonsense at launch. So I wasn't really excited for it. But the bit of stuff that they showed, the bit, not a lot of, they showed a lot. Uh, But what they showed us at their direct actually got me kind of excited for the game. I was like, oh my goodness, I want a collector's edition of this game. And then we'll get into the collector's edition. We'll, we'll get, get into it. Yeah, Let's but, talk about but, the game but, itself, though. Yeah, when they were showing the gameplay, 
I was like, this looks pretty fast paced for like a Bethesda game for like for like a Fallout game, if, if that's what you want to call it, Fallout in space. Uh, the customizations that they give you, uh, the amount of creativity you can get with your characters, your ship. Uh, your you could choose uh, and recruit your crewmates, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I liked how they have a lot of stuff you can pick up, just like in Fallout. So if you are a hoarder, congratulations, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the uh, breakdown that they did during the direct was how this lady likes to just pick up sandwiches out of nowhere. And I was like, man, I wish those sandwiches could spoil, just so you have a bunch of rotten spoiled sandwiches all over the place which i thought was actually kind of fun you could have sections in your spaceship where you could just throw all your hoard stuff so you don't have to like break anything down or sell it or whatever if you just like collecting junk you can collect junk and you can have a whole room inside your spaceship to where you can just throw all that junk into a pile and i don't know admire your hoarding skills i guess and uh I like some of the gameplay in there. The shooting actually looks a lot better than Fallout, which is mm-hmm. which is one of the things like I was kind of against. I was like, ah, I don't want Fallout shooting mechanics in this. I want something different. But it looks good. The, the weapons look weighty uh, from the way you shot the gun. It kind of had like a Destiny feel to it, oddly enough. I don't know if you felt that. Uh, like Fallout Destiny mix, which I think is which I think is what I kind of want. So the game gameplay wise, I was like, man. This is making me want to play the game. Like, this looks really good. This looks fun. Okay, just to jump in here, because yeah. we're going to go through all the gameplay stuff, because it was 40-plus minutes of them talking about story, shooting, the ship customization, the character customization, all that stuff. We'll get into it, but I feel like it's better if we kind of stop at one or two things and then just dissect it real quick. Okay, that's 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 fair. Because there was a lot that they had in there. Yeah, the ship customization, you are right. Like the being able to just to hoard stuff and like that feels very Fallout Elder Scrolls, right in line with what Bethesda would do. Uh what I really loved about the ship customization is how you could like arrange your vehicle, how you can customize your vehicle. It felt very Tears of the Kingdom and just the ingenuity ways that people can create their spacecraft. And I just went, man, people are going to have so much fun with this. <laughs> going to create some wacky shit. Yeah, you can do some pretty cool stuff. You, you, you say Tears of Kingdom, but I didn't even get that vibe from it. I kind of got that, uh, uh, those survival game kind of vibes where they just allow you to just mix and match things to build uh, towers and yeah. buildings and mechanics like that. Yeah, I kind of I got, I got a feel for one of those kind of games. So the other thing, though, you were talking about was the gunplay. And I really did like the gunplay. I, I do get where you're coming from with the Destiny kind of feel to it. Maybe not exactly. Destiny is one of the smoothest gunplay experiences I've played. It's just very fun. I think that's the big thing yeah. behind that franchise. It's just so fun playing it like gameplay-wise. But my one potential concern is the AI. But I think that might just be because it's a demo and they're probably playing it on very, very easy. <laughs> because they, I never really shot back. Yeah, with the overpowered character. Because, man, every gun was like one-shotting people. Yeah. So I hope that once we can actually play it, it would be more of a actual firefight going on. 
Because I agree with you, man. I think the gunplay was very good. I loved what they went into with the weapon customization and how you could upgrade weapons and how different the weapons are. It seems like they kind of took that personally. Because you mentioned when we started talking about Starfield, that showcase a few months back. I forgot where it was, too. It might have been at Summer Game Fest last year. Or maybe at an Xbox showcase last year. Uh, but they had a little bit of footage of the player shooting some enemies, and yeah, man, that was just pretty meh. Yeah, it felt very generic. And yeah, man, in this demo, they're showing you how many different styles you can go. You can go stealth, you can use your jetpack and fly around. Basically, it just felt so, so much variety in here that you don't typically see out of a Bethesda game. And I still don't expect the gameplay to be all that fun because that's not really has that's never really been Bethesda's wheelhouse. But I do appreciate the effort it seems Bethesda has taken to improve in that dynamic. Yeah, one of my favorites was when they were showing the upgrade tree. Um, that you like you said you can do stealth and there's trees for that. You can go run and gun and there's still and there's trees for that. Or my one of my favorites was the guy who's like, yeah, I just like punching everything. So they give you an option where you can just go straight melee on people. It's like, wow, the amount of freedom that they give you gameplay wise, I felt was vastly different from what we're used to from them. And yeah, I I agree with you. I appreciate that they're actually giving everybody a chance to play their way. Like, yeah, with with, uh, with Fallout, you have a chance to be either an asshole and just shoot everything, or you can be really nice and be charismatic. Here. You can just shoot things, you can just steal things, you can just shoot things, you can just punch things, you can be a really nice guy, you can just bribe people. I was like, okay, so this is what I really want to see. It's like options. I, I want to see that there's no right or wrong way. Which is what Bethesda used to be so good at. And I don't mean to... Yeah. It's not like used to, like, we are 15 years away from... Or 15 years removed from Bethesda being great at this. It's just, it's what Bethesda used to be so great at before the Fallout 76 to where they went into multiplayer and ESO to where it just doesn't have that feeling of you can have all these options, you know? Yeah, it felt like you had one or two options. Either you're really nice and you help people or you're an asshole and you just kind of stole and shot everybody. Like, that that seemed to be it. And Fallout 4 was similar as well. Because it, yeah, yeah. Fallout 4 wasn't as egregious as those two multiplayer games. But I do remember the dialogue and it just being a bit off. Like, it, it felt more tame compared to a Fallout 3 or Obsidian's Fallout New Vegas. Which, later on in this show, we're going to talk about Avowed. Which I thought looked spectacular. But besides the point... um, yeah, man, it, it does seem like Bethesda giving you so many options in the gameplay, which is what I think people really wanted. Now, I get the feeling that this is just, this is what Bethesda needs. This is their get back on track. Let's make a new Bethesda title. Let's make a new franchise. Let's do what we do best, and that is creating fantastic worlds that people can do whatever the fuck they want in it. Yeah, and I really hope that is what we're going to get out of this. Uh, because everything they showed really was promising. Because like I said, I didn't really care for uh, the 76. But this, okay, this shows that you've improved so much on everything that you really are taking your time with this. 
that you really are trying to create something different from Fallout. You're trying to create something different from what you're known for, while also, uh, like you said, they're kind of going back to what they did, where they gave you options of how you played. So it feels like it's 25 plus years of Bethesda, but also changed up to where they feel a little more modern. You know, this is open world in space. They have multiple planets, different kind of creatures. Those creatures looked amazing. Uh, and you also have um, clans. I, I forget what they call them, but like you can choose to be this the person. Factions. To where the factions, there you go. To where you can be an outlaw. So one faction, even if they don't agree with you, because you're kind of like them, they'll kind of give you a pass and others will kind of hunt you down. Or you can be like this religious kind of faction. And where everybody was like, well, you know what? We forgive you or or, or something like that. They, they just had all these ways to where you can be your own person and it helps you in the long run with certain people. So it kind of gives you this option of who, who am I? But also, whoever I choose to be, how does that affect the universe around me and all these different factions that I'm going to meet and discover? So like, there's, like I said before, there's no right or wrong way to play. It's just your way. And whatever you choose affects the rest of the game in a positive way, in a way that's like, it makes sense that me being this certain faction, this these these uh, factions won't like me, this faction won't care, this faction will love me. And I love seeing those kind of things. And I can't wait to see how Bethesda implements that in the wider story. And on that note, I do think that starts with the character creation that Bethesda showed off. Whereas they have desperately needed an update to character creation. It has felt almost the same, or at least very close to the same, since, what, 2007? Probably. Since Fallout 3. Yeah, since Fallout 3 in 2007, 2006. Uh, so, man, they needed it. And I'm, I yeah. really like what I saw from this. And what you're talking about is you can make your own character. You can pick wherever you want to go, what faction you want to be a part of. And it also starts with backgrounds, with traits you can have. You can make the character that you want to make with this game, it seems. Which I don't know if they had some inspiration from the Outer Worlds, in a way. Because the Outer Worlds had that, like, okay, here's what you're good at. You could be a smart character. You can be a... a dummy you could know science you could be a doctor that kind of thing but it seems like yeah. again bethesda kind of this feels like they lost their way for a while and what everything we saw from starfield seems like oh they fucking found it that's that we usually don't see that where's where's the catch here because starfield <laughs> looks like they found their way and todd howard's up there talking about this game's a passion project this is something that the team has always wanted to do you could tell that, man. Everybody who went to go talk about this game, you could see the passion on their faces. They seem so fucking excited <laughs> to talk about it. They, they, they do. They, they they seem so happy that they're working on something other than Fallout or Elder Scrolls. And, you know, I'm I'm actually... And I think that's one thing that made me happy about this game was like, okay, you know, it's been so... You and I have talked about before how we love seeing developers talk about their games when they're actually happy to talk about it. This was one of them. Where you're just like... I can see that you guys really want this to be something special. Like you're not half-assing this. You're not goose-stepping. You're not trying to chase a trend. Yeah. Like this is something everybody looked at and was like, this is it. This is this is our new IP. We want to knock it out of the park. 
uh, whether this becomes a major franchise or not, we want this to be the game that gamers look at us and be like, oh yeah, this is Bethesda. Like they can do, they can do more than just Fallout. Like yeah, we're waiting on Elder Scrolls Six, but like okay, this is gonna hold us over. This is they can work on something new. Like when it came out with a new franchise. Everybody was super excited for that because this is Legendary uh, Studios yeah. that's coming in, doing something new. We're like, awesome, let's see it. Uh, with this, I think it's the same way with Bethesda. It's like, everybody is excited. Like, I was getting burnt out on Fallout, to be honest. Well, see, you made a great point talking about it seems like they took a break from Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And I don't yeah, know yeah. if they felt burnt out or if they felt yeah. like, hey, we just need to change a pace. But if this like ends up being what we're seeing, and again, I don't think you have to pull off 100% of what they promised. Now, I would love if they pulled off 100% of what they promised, because that's, to me... I mean, it, it's, it's still Todd Howard, you know? Yeah. I'm expecting a little bit of scale back, and even to <laughs> yeah. me, if they pull off 70 to 75% of what they promised, with not huge, massive, game-breaking bugs, maybe, you know, the classic Bethesda... Yeah, what they usually do there, I could, I think people can actually handle. But if they can pull that off, then I think that's going to make it to where whenever they start working on Elder Scrolls Six, you kind of have a better morale about it. You know, sometimes people just need that change of pace. They need to work on something else so they can feel a little bit better when they get back to work on what they've been doing usually, what their usual rundown is, and that's for Bethesda Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Uh, everybody gets to do something different finally. And if anything, this shows us that they could be doing something new with Elder Scrolls Six. Because if this is a huge success for them, or even a slight success, uh, this is something I think they can carry over to Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, maybe it'll update the way that we can play. Because you and I were talking about earlier how there's only one or two ways to play the games. Maybe this will push them to make more interactive characters or more traits or something in a similar fashion to where I think this might get more people like me who got burnt out on Fallout excited for Elder Scrolls 6 and be like, oh, snaps. Yeah, I kind of want, I want this in Elder Scrolls. I kind of want, I want all this to mix together now. So this is, I think this is a great path for Bethesda to do something new, to work on something new for a a project that I do believe is a passion for them. Cause like you said, when you hear them talk about it, man, they did not sound robotic. It, it did not sound like they were just reading off of a script. It seemed like, it seemed like Todd Howard or who, or whoever was uh, coming up with the idea. It was like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about our game. Tell us what you enjoy. Oh, I like, I like punching people. Okay, cool. Let's put that in there. Tell us what you like. Yeah. I like making a build to just go around just punching people or, oh, I like hoarding stuff and collecting sandwiches. Like, usually, why would you need to put that in a trailer? You don't. But it's something You're that, You're really hey, fixated on this hoarding sandwiches part. It was like I am, a 20-second bit in, in the trailer. Because you know people are going to love doing it. There are going to be people all over YouTube just making all kinds of silly videos about it. And that's what came to my mind. It was like, it's not just the gameplay. There's personality in this game. That's a very good point. I think that's something Bethesda has been lacking with games like ESO (laughs) and Fallout 76 and Fallout 4, and I've never really been able to nail it. Like, I love Fallout 4, but something's always been lacking about it. And that's it. Yeah. Right there. 
it just doesn't have the personality that you would see in Fallout 3 or Skyrim or, again, uh, Obsidian's Fallout New Vegas. This feels like it has personality to it. And I remember a criticism of Starfield going into something else they were talking about, which was the story, being, where are the aliens? How is Bethesda, this very creative studio, not doing aliens? And it turns out, we don't get a whole lot here in terms of what everything in the story is going to be, but they showed a little bit. It seems that that's kind of the story, is finding intelligent alien life. So I, I, what I love yeah. about it is usually Bethesda has always dropped you in to this lived-in world, right? Whether that be yeah. Tamriel, whether that be the Commonwealth, or Washington, D.C., or the Pit, anywhere. You have the super mutants, you have the ghouls, you have all these characters. And with Starfield, it's kind of giving you, like you mentioned, Michael, the factions. It's giving you what these cities are like. The new Atlantis that looks amazing, by the way. I think they said that it's the biggest city that they've ever done, by far. Which I would imagine, <laughs> I would not doubt at all. But it seems like what they could be doing here, and this is going to my, my theory about it, is they could be giving you the introduction to the crazy alien life that they plan to do in a potential sequel. So they're giving you the introduction to the super mutants and the ghouls and everything you love about what they do with non-human characters instead of just placing them into the lived-in world, which is a fucking nice change of pace, man, if that's what they're doing. Yeah, no, everything about this game seems like they, they, they've they learned from their past. Like, yeah, yeah, people love these big worlds. People love our characters. People love our interactions. How can we transition from that into space plus more? So it really does feel like, yeah, Fallout in space may not be a bad way to put it, but also kind of feel like its own thing at the same it's time. It's a huge oversimplification like, at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a, but it's not a bad one, mind no, you, because no, it because they because because it, it definitely feels like they learn from their past games and they're putting a lot of the past games into this one, but also expanding themselves, which I really love. Uh, and I think that's something that I want to see from Todd Howard's team was that they did get away from the Fallout because I think that's one of the things that hurt Fallout seventy six was that it was a Fallout game. So you're just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not into this. It, it's 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 not really the fallout I want or care about. But with this, it does seem like what 76 should have been, where it took inspirations from those old games of theirs, and they kind of experimented with it. So with this, it definitely feels like they're going full steam ahead. And because they're not tied down to that fallout name or to the Elder Scrolls name, that they can go out and risk something and expand and do more without without people thinking, oh, it's not Fallout. Oh, it's not Elder Scrolls. I don't, this isn't the game that I want. Instead, it's, okay, this is a different game. This is something that I want. And if this thing's success, and I do hope it's success, this would be another franchise that we'll get to where like, man, I love Bethesda space game. It becomes Bethesda has Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Starfield. And Boy, Starfield, I can't yeah. wait to see which one they make next. Like, that's what it's going to yeah. become there. 
Yeah, and, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that it becomes Bethesda presents Starfield. You know, I hope it becomes Starfield too. And you know, Star Starfield. You know, Bethesda they do expansions. So I'm interested in seeing what they do with the future of Starfield because I really I really like the direction they're going with it, especially after this direct. Because uh, you and I we were both kind of bleh about it because we did feel it was Fallout in space. But for, but watching this, it's Bethesda expanding themselves. That was used as a kind of an insult by us, I feel. It, it, it but was. But now it was. we're saying it as a compliment, because more so we're looking at it like, no, it's like Fallout in space, but it's like Fallout 3 in space. But they're taking inspiration, like just what you said. seems they're taking inspiration by their past franchises. They're like, okay, we'll take some of this, some of that. We'll, we'll change it a bit, though, here, because this we want this to be its own thing. It's not in those universes. We're doing its own thing. And yeah, man, like everything here, it's a 40-minute showcase. You know how hard it is to do a 40-minute showcase and not be bored watching it? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like yeah. I wanted more. That's the sad part. I wanted them to show more. <laughs> actually, I was actually okay with what they showed. No, I was too. I'm being entitled. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get it. You do want to see more of this world. You want to see more of the skill tree and the character creation. Uh, I think what they showed was enough, but you know, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's the rule of writing and and TV shows and movies. You right? leave them wanting more. You leave them wanting more. Like you know, you had a good story. You know, you've written something great. You know, you made something great. When you leave the audience wanting more, and it's like that's what you should do. It shouldn't be like, okay, I got my feel of the game. I have a good idea for it. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine what else I can do in this game because there were times they're like. Yeah, we're going to talk about the fashions, but we're going to stop here because while there's a little more to it, we want to leave something surprised and have you find it yourself. I was like, okay, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear you do a 20, uh, a five, 10 minute explanation of this one thing. And it'd be like, but that's just the tip of the icebergs. We still have some more stuff that we want to show you that we can show you, but we're not going to show you. So when you play the game, it'll still catch you by surprise. But at least you have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. It's like, yes, that's what I want. Leave me wanting more about the skill tree. Leave me wanting more about the factions. Like, okay. I, like, they didn't even really go into the um, into recruiting your uh, your crewmates or your crewmates themselves. They showed the robot again. They're like, yeah, this is the robot. We left them here. Uh, we're not going to show you what they can do. Because we want you to see those crewmates. We want you to discover those crewmates. It's like, oh, yes. Okay. that's I'm okay with this. You notice how they left missions up, too. They were talking about, like, you can have this smaller... When they were talking about the ship customization, you can start off with a small fighter for bounty hunting. They don't want to ever go into what bounty hunting is. And it's exactly what yep. you're talking about. It, they did just a master class job. Of just giving you just enough for you to be interested, but not so much to where you know everything. So, man, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. Me talking out of entitlement, I was like, man, give me more. I want to see more. <laughs> Let me play the game, damn it. September can't get here quick enough. But oh, you mentioned earlier, too, you said that you can play the game how you want. And I was talking about character customization and the background. What I love, too, is... You can also do that through the factions and through the fashion that you wear, like the armor that you got, too. You could be a space cowboy doing bounty hunter missions like the Mandalorian. 
if you want to. Yeah. You, can you can do be that. a space pirate. That's what, exactly what they set up in here. It's like you can do exactly that if that's what you want to play as. Or you can be a fucking Jedi using force powers. <laughs> because at the very end of the trailer, your character just yeets somebody across the room. So, man, it's just... It's so good from what we've seen so far. I do not think... Maybe this be me being naive, but I do not think if they're showing all this off now and we're only a few months away, I do not think they can fall flat on their face with it. Now, I think that they can underwhelm potentially in some areas, but I don't think that this is going to be a failure for Microsoft. I just, I cannot see it. Yeah, and I hate to be the one to bring up the negativity, uh, but I do think the only thing that really is going to sour for some people, is that the game will be running, and, Tal- and uh, Todd Howard did confirm that it's going to be running at 30 frames on Series X and S. Uh, he confirmed 1440, 30 frames on the Series S, which I think is still pretty good because a lot of games have been doing 1080p on the Series S, uh, and 4K 30 on the uh, Series X. And he also meant that it, the, the frame rates that they had that they were testing out was higher than 30, but didn't quite hit 60. Uh, and they locked it in 30 for consistency. So at least we know that they're taking it seriously to the point they were like, hey, we're going to make this sacrifice so the game runs smooth enough. It does seem like Bethesda, while I don't think that their showcase was perfect, you could see some right, performance yeah. stuff, even in with somebody who's an idiot with performance stuff like me. <laughs> like, I was noticing some drops there and some, yeah, okay, that didn't look as great as some other right. areas. Because the game visually looks outstanding. One of the best Bethesda games I think I've ever seen visually. But you could see some drops there. And some like, oh, man, that didn't really run as smooth as he would have liked. But also, yeah. for one, I would rather have that any day of the week, twice on Sunday compared to a fake trailer like Anthem. However, it's a fair point. And it does seem that Bethesda is making it a point to make it as consistent as possible. So that's good. That's something that they usually don't do. So they know that this could potentially be a problem, and they're doing everything they can, it seems. Yeah, at least they're putting it out front and not doing, uh, we're going to try to push 60, but here's a sticker that says that it won't be at launch or whatever. And yes, I'm still dunking on Redfall, um, but you know that's disappointing for me, only because I really was hoping to get the uh, physical edition, special edition, uh, for Series X. But I'm not gonna just be playing it on PC. But at the same time, at least they're letting people know now. It, it, like you said, at least they're letting us know uh, they didn't fake it like Anthem. You know, they didn't disappoint us like Redfall. But I still kind of feel I really wish this was a game that was running at 60. Uh, but maybe there'll be a patch for it in the future, hopefully. And I'm one of those people who don't like saying that. But I really do hope, I, re- I really am hoping that they can do something. Or or, or do like 44 frames. Uh, something that'll help bump the game up to be a little smoother than 30. Yeah. I think with a game like this, it's not going to be as massive of a controversy as something along the lines yeah. of Anthem, or not Anthem, Redfall. Uh, but I, I do get the criticism 
of man, they couldn't have pushed for this. Is supposed to be next gen, and it's supposed to be such a big deal. Deal, Bethesda is such a big company. I get all yeah. that. Still, yeah, still, at the end of the day, it's going to be a game that's going to be judged on its gameplay, how fun it is, the classic Bethesda rules of thumb with their RPGs. So that's what's going to matter. And also, as long as it doesn't break the game entirely, like some of their games in the past <laughs> yeah. has, a.k.a. Fallout 76. Which I think that's going to be my big concern. Uh, I do expect there to be launching bugs and issues because it is Bethesda. So I am expecting that. I would be super surprised if there's very little to no bugs. I, I can't see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Bethesda that much. I Don't get me wrong. This has jumped up the list. This and Spider-Man 2. I cannot wait to get my hands on these two games. And I do think yeah. at the end of the year we could be talking about Spider-Man 2, Tears of Kingdom, and Starfield as games of the year. It is going to be one heck of a uh, yeah. a, 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 a running this year. That being said, I'm not going to put all my eggs into the basket of, oh, but this is going to be able to hammer <laughs> out all the bugs. Nah, I, was, I know better. <laughs> I've seen their yeah. games. I'm not expecting a perfect game performance-wise from them. But just make it playable. Don't have it to worlds like Cyberpunk when it launched on consoles. Next-gen consoles, to be more specific. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I think everybody expecting expecting that from Bethesda. Although you know there's gonna be some people like I can't believe it's this buggy. It's like man, this must be your first Bethesda game then. <laughs> if you if you can't believe how buggy it is, it's a fine line, right? I think there's some, yeah. As long as the game's great in a lot of other areas, there's some forgiveness to be had there. The okay, you you can hand you can handle it. You can figure it out later. Just make sure you figure it out. But if the game's already not fun, and there's all these issues, and then you have something like Always Online, and then you have Locked In at 30 frames per second, I wonder what game I'm talking about here. (laughs) (laughs) Michael mentioned it earlier. Then, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of people having your back. Because you don't have the benefit of the doubt. You haven't really earned the reason for anybody to have your back. But again, one thing Bethesda games have usually done is they've nailed it, knocked it out of the park in the gameplay, in the fun factor, in the story, in the wacky stories that you can make on your own by making your own choices. So I think people are more lenient on the bugs. Look at Skyrim. Skyrim one of the best games of all time. There's so many glitches in that game. Should they all yeah. be forgiven? No, they shouldn't be forgiven. But that said, I think people are, they look fondly on them because the game is so fun. So I think it's just a fine line with it that we're going to have to see how Starfield ends up. But man, what a 180. But let's go from Starfield to the Xbox Showcase, which I kind of feel bad because the Xbox Showcase got overshadowed by Starfield. The Starfield Showcase so? should have been today. I think you you, you 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 really think so? I think they did well going together because mm-hmm. it did feel like it was one whole show, but it felt like they just gave uh, Starfield uh, a whole show at the end of the uh, Xbox showcase. Well, I mean they did, but it felt like like it felt like it was supposed to be the same, but yeah. they separated them for some strange reason. Well, I'm being a bit facetious. I'm being a bit of a dick here. I mean, no, I mean, not really, because for a lot of people, that's what they were waiting for in the Xbox showcase. They were waiting for 
Starfield because that was like the next big game. And that was one a whole lot of people have been waiting for. Redfall and Starfield was, were the big games for Xbox this year. And so after everything uh, that we've kept hearing about, Todd was like, yeah, we're gonna, we, we, there's so much we want to show you that we can't do it in one showcase. We had to have our own direct. So it's like, okay, you're hyping up like that. You better show something. And they did. So it lived up to the hype. And so it felt kind of weird to have the Starfield thing right after the showcase. But yeah, I get where you come from when you said it was overshadowed. But I felt like it was one whole show, at least for me. What are your thoughts on Xbox Showcase overall? I think it was a pleasant surprise. They showed off game after game after game. Uh, I don't really like that a lot of them were CG again. But I am happy that they actually decided to show off new IPs this time around. They didn't just stick with nostalgia. Uh, Fable, it was just a CG trailer. So I guess Fable looks kind of interesting. I don't really care. You may have got split second in Game Boy, it seemed. Yeah, it was, it was really strange. Wait, they said that thing about all the games, there's not going to be They're anything in-game. that's 100% CG. Which... Yeah, they... Yeah, they're using in-game engine. Yeah, I guess that's accurate, but I wish they didn't go with that because it kind of felt like you added more pressure to your event. Yeah, because we saw we finally saw a vow, and even a vow was kind of well. It's not exactly what uh, what you guys were showing a couple years, a few years ago. But like, look how cool it's gonna look. It's like, yeah, we knew that was full blown CG. But then when you look at it, you're just like, yeah, this looks like a game that uh, it's what you doesn't really look next gen. Yeah, it's like it doesn't really look next gen to me. But at the same time, it's like I like the way it looks. Yeah, I'm not a massive Fable fan. I thought the Fable trailer was all right. That was pretty good. I like the Jack and the Beanstalk Fable that you're going with there. It seems pretty fun it's kind of hard to talk about it because it was like you said a lot of cg or in-game engine stuff going on there but not a whole lot to really talk about there it just felt like they had to get fable on the show yeah because that's what everybody was expecting they were expecting to see fable people were expecting to see um uh they were expecting to see ah man uh perfect dark you know, people want to see something new from Rare. There's Avowed. a lot of stuff that people are like, oh, yeah people, yeah, people were super excited about seeing Avowed. Uh, so, like, there's a bunch of stuff that was pressured on Microsoft, but I think they did a good job with it. I would have liked to seen a bit more. Uh, we got uh, Sunua Saga Hellblade 2. Uh, they told us that they finished up wrapping uh, uh, the uh, capture stuff, the capture filming. So that's kind of cool. And we got a cool looking cutscene from it because it wasn't really gameplay. But I do believe it was in game. So it was an in game cutscene uh, from a section that you were playing, which looked really cool. But it was so short. And it was like, well, compared to what you showed about a year or so ago, I was kind of hoping you show a bit more than that two minute bit of cutscene. I was kind of hoping you show the UI, a little bit of movement. Uh, maybe some platforming or puzzle solving, something. So it was cool to see that they're really making progress on that game. It was also kind of disappointed that we didn't really get gameplay with it. And I think you say that for a lot of games uh, that they show. It's like, there's some cool announcements. 
uh, but not really a whole lot of gameplay from Microsoft's first party stuff. We got plenty of cool stuff from third party. Persona 3, uh, they showed off some pretty cool stuff, even though they accidentally announced it early, uh, like a date early before the showing. But, but I, was, I was impressed with this show. It wasn't as disappointing to me as I thought it was going to be. I didn't really think it was going to be a hit or miss for uh, Xbox. I think it had to be hit. Like they couldn't afford to miss anything. And with this game, they announced over 20 games with like, I think they announced 27 different games with 21 of those 27 coming day one, the game pass. So it's like, man, this is really cool. This is, yeah, this is, this is really awesome. Until you find out that a lot of those 21 games or 27 games was coming in 2024. She's like, I don't care about 2024. What am I going to be able to play this year? It's pretty obvious that their biggest hit is and was always going to be Starfield. But I'm glad to see that they have enough uh, uh, enough uh, faith in their studios and into the third-party studios to show 2024. So I'm like, okay, you know what? This is great because I think for Xbox, they know that a lot of the games that's coming to PC also coming to Xbox. They're going to be showing on the PC Future Game Show. Uh, again, Steam's next up, uh, next fest is coming up. So I think they already know that people are going to see what's coming in 2023. So I think they tried to get the jump ahead of everybody and show what's coming in 2024. So I was excited for stuff that's coming out this year, but I'm also happy that they showed next year. So I know I'm kind of going back and forth between I don't care, but I'm also happy that you did it. It showed that they did have faith and they had enough uh, games coming out this year to where they had enough faith for, hey, here's what's going to happen in the future of Xbox. So I think they had a strong showing this year. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty strong showing as well. I was a bit disappointed by a lot of the cinematic stuff we got, especially with the hype from uh, Xbox themselves coming out and everything they said about the showcase, hyping it up. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. I would say this, I know from what you told me, that the Sony showcase wasn't as well received. I kind of put them pretty neck and neck, because I, I quite liked the Sony Showcase. <laughs> that was pretty good. So I kind of put them neck and neck here, and I think the best thing shown so far this summer is the Starfield Showcase. Yeah, and I think that, for me, is what pushed the uh, uh, Xbox Showcase over the PlayStation Showcase. Because, again, I see it as one show. I don't know why they try to split into two, but I see it as one big show. And the, when, the thing I was looking forward to, Spider-Man 2, they didn't show me a whole lot. Like, it looked cool. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I love the gameplay they showed. But compared to what they showed with Starfield. Yeah. Well, not many people were going to show what Bethesda showed with Starfield. And it did, it yeah, did yeah, kind of yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. Sony was going for the vibe that you had back when the first gameplay reveal for Spider-Man came out with the helicopter chase. Which it hit that vibe. Yeah. To perfection. Yeah. They did what they were supposed to do. And I'm sure they're going to show more later. This wasn't that kind of, we're going to show an expansive look, you know? It was, let's just get the vibe of Peter in the symbiote suit, the wingsuit, with Miles, with the new abilities for both of them, all that stuff, which was awesome, like you said. But yeah, I I also get what you mean. Like, Starfield just showed more, and it was quite good as well. So, it's, it's hard to sit there and be like, yeah, Sony did just as good there, because Xbox just showed more. It just is what yeah. it is there. Um, I mean, granted, they had to. Yeah, and they had to. Yeah. 
But we're also, we say this so many times, but we're not a tribalistic podcast. We love Xbox. Michael records a show with a PS5 controller. <laughs> tell you how much he loves PlayStation. So, yeah, man, we love both. So don't think just because we said, hey, maybe Xbox will showcase was better. Doesn't mean anything. It's all right. Everything's going to be okay tomorrow. Um, but talking about the showcase in specifics, I would say my favorite thing from this was Clockwork Revolution. I thought this game looked great. I got huge Bioshock vibes from this. To the point to where I thought this was Bioshock. (laughs) I thought this was going to be the next one. You know what? I I think that's what got everybody, because even I was like, oh, they're bringing... They're bringing, uh, like you said, they're bringing Bioshock back. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then they started showing Rewind stuff. I was like, oh. It was like Singularity. I talk about that game all the time. I was like, oh, shit. Bioshock plus Singularity? Shut up and take my money. I mean, it looked really good, man. I love the idea of you being able to change things, go back into the past, change stuff, go back to the future, see what you fucked up. There's some really fun dynamics to be had there. And with the Bioshock vibes, I think, it's going to be a pretty massive success if they could uh, pull off what the trailer was kind of promising. In terms of other things showed, I thought it was a good showing for Avowed. really did. It hit its Obsidian humor. It hit the vibes of what you would want from an Obsidian game. It does look like Elder Scrolls, but Obsidian gets their chance <laughs> to do a new Vegas version of it. Or an Outer Worlds version of it. So I thought it looked pretty good. And it showed a bit of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed, they showed a little bit. I was like, okay. It looks pretty cool. And I kind of see why everybody was excited for Avowed. And oddly enough, even though you're using like hand magic and stuff, for some reason, I thought it looked better than that Immortals Avarium game that EA is working on. Immortals of Avium? Of Avium, yeah. yeah. I was like, why does this look cooler than that than the game like, that ah, has its whole premise based around based magic. hand magic yeah. and weapon <laughs> yeah i was like ooh, i kind of hate that it reminded me of that one only because we saw it recently again i was like ah okay avowed i kind of like but i think i'm holding my uh, reservations for avowed for a little bit yeah they'll show it off in greater detail down the line this kind of felt a little bit like fable to me to where they got it on the show, showed off a bit more than what Fable did, because I assume it's probably closer to releasing than Fable. Yeah. But uh, I also really liked Towerborn. It was the side-scroller. A little Castle Crashers-y vibing game, and I thought it looked pretty good. South of Midnight had a great cinematic. We'll talk about Star Wars Outlaws later. No real point in talking about it now. Anything else you really want to talk about? I think the problem with this showcase was the pacing was not great. They went into the Bethesda, let's show the DLCs for Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76, and I was just like, alright, Bethesda, when are we going to stop? I'm kind of glad they blew through those, to be honest. I'm glad they didn't yeah. spend a whole lot of time on that. But it was like grouped all up. Everything was kind of like jam-packed at the beginning for me. And then at the very tail end was stuff like Clockwork. And then in the middle you had all the DLC and stuff that personally I'm not that far, that far uh, much into, like the JRPGs. Even though I did like to like a dragon. 
trailer. I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, I, I, I am kind of, I'm glad that they're getting more uh, RPGs uh, from Japan and on, oh, on I Xbox am and on Game and on Game Pass at that. It's not my thing, but it, it, like you said, it's good. It's going to expand their audience. People that love these games can play them on Xbox too, as well as PlayStation and PC. Yeah, and, and PC. Yeah, um, because you know Phil has been talking about for a few years how he's been to Japan and how he's been making deals with some of the developers and publishers, and how he's trying to get more of these art, uh, more of these Japanese games on Xbox. It really goes to show that he really is living up to what he's talking about. And he, you know, he's keeping his promises. So, like you say, he's doing some great things for Xbox. And he's bringing more Japanese games to Xbox. And you know what? Kudos to him on that one. Yeah. In terms of anything else, I do gotta say that Thirty-Three Immortals game looked really fun. I like that idea of a Thirty-Three player just raids in that Diablo kind of style in a way. Um, and then there was the Sea of Thieves DLC. That I'm not that huge in Sea of Thieves. I always dip my head in there every now and then, re-download the game, see what they've updated. But it's never really hooked me in. I might actually re-download the game to play that story. Because it does seem really expansive. Uh, see, it's not going to work for me because, one, I never played Monkey Island. Yeah. So, and I, I haven't they, either. And, and, I know, <laughs> and I know the uh, team behind Monkey Island, they really love that franchise. Uh, they're only able to do a Monkey Island every few years. I, I remember, well, I remember the lead developers talking about that. It's like, yeah, we only get a chance to do this once every few years, so like we're gonna have fun with it. Uh, so to see that, yeah, Monkey Island uh, is coming to see if these makes sense to me. He's like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. They already did Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, which I didn't play that one, and so it makes sense that they they they, they continue their uh, their journey with Monkey Island. And I don't play Sea of Thieves. I played it when it first came out. And because it was just so bare bones, I did not have fun with it. I did not get into it. And I know they've added a lot of stuff. Yeah, Rare's done uh, a fantastic job making this comeback story that they've done. With yeah, the and, and, and unfortunately, just, just like with... Um, no Man's Sky. From uh, Hello Game, No Man's Sky. Just like with No Man's Sky, I'm sorry, but that first impression is what gets me. When you add in a bunch of stuff, it's just like with Destiny... It's hard for me to get back into it. I just can't, and I lose interest. I'm just like, well, I kind of feel like at least half of this should have probably been at the beginning. So it's like, yeah, you kind of lost me already. It's like that with Sea of Thieves. So unfortunately, I did not get like super excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to play Sea of Thieves again. Instead, I was more like, cool, people who love Sea of Thieves, they're going to get so much more content. And I'm glad that Rare didn't just drop this game. I'm glad they found success with it. I'm glad they're having fun with it. Because obviously the team loves this game. Uh, I'm glad that people who are still playing it are getting new content. Because that was kind of like my fear of it was like, how much content will Rare do for this game that was obviously going to be their live service game? Uh, But I'm glad to see that even after all this time, they're sticking to their guns, they're sticking with it, and they're still releasing stuff for it. That actually makes me happy. Because I do know that there are people who love um, Sea of Thieves. And I'm glad to see that they're still going to get cool stuff with it. Yeah. Again, I thought the showcase was pretty good all the way around. It's just, it's not a whole lot to go off of compared to us talking, what, 40 minutes it felt like about Starfield. (laughs) Whereas they showed just so much. 
so I, I, anything you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, to be honest, I think that's about it for the showcase. South of Midnight, I think, looks kind of cool. Uh, I like that stop-motion claymation thing they got going on. I was like, I don't know how it's going to work in the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think it looks really cool. Uh, I, I, I really do hope that compulsive games can pull this off to where it doesn't feel like it's just being janky for the hell of it, but like the gameplay feels smooth with the stop motion. But other than that, yeah, that's it for me. Well, moving from Xbox to Ubisoft's Ubisoft Forward event, which was present, it happened. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna go through everything here. Honestly, I think we should have done this one first because that'd have been so much faster. <laughs> I know, right? There's two things. Well, I don't want to start off on a bad note. We had so much positivity towards Starfield. Here's where I think I'm going to get a little negative here. Because I didn't really care for this event. I thought Mirage had a very underwhelming presentation. And I thought Outlaws, the gameplay for it, I just don't trust Ubisoft. I don't. I don't trust them to deliver on anything that they promised here. I've seen their track record. It speaks for itself. Well, I'm going to be that sucker. I am going to give Ubisoft the benefit of the doubt with this one. Why? The gameplay looked really... Because it looked, it looked good, okay? I'm going to be it, honest. No, no I'm not saying that good. the game looked good. I'm saying, why are you giving them the benefit of the doubt? <laughs> they don't deserve it. Yeah, but, you know, maybe... Maybe maybe, maybe they're going to try it with this one, you know? Maybe, maybe Ubisoft would be like, hey, we got to get back on our game. Um, I'm just kind of glad it's not another damn Tom Clancy game. So, I don't know. I, I, I really do want to give him the benefit of the doubts, man. I know I'm setting myself up for this one. But you know what? Ubisoft, I really do think you guys can do something cool with this. Uh, I got a little bit of Uncharted with that game. And I love Uncharted. Yeah, but then they, the thing is, is they also have the, we can go anywhere we want, and she runs the ship, and then they go off and escape. It seems yeah, like it's doing but, so much. I know, but the the, 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 the dog fighting in space look cool, the uh, shooting mechanics look cool, uh, the point that some of the stealth does look like it has options, like you can just be completely stealthy. Uh, you can use your companion to help you be stealthy, which I think is really cool. It's not just a companion to be cute. It's actually part of the gameplay, the, the core gameplay mechanic, which I think is awesome. Um, they give you, it seems like they give you choices in certain parts of the game. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work out throughout the entire game. Uh, we saw in the part to where you met one of the Empire uh, soldiers, uh, I'm sorry, uh, lieutenants, uh, officers or whatever her rank was. And you had a choice to bribe her or not bribe her. And you choose not to bribe her. So she's like, all right, screw you. I'm just going to put a bounty on your head and made you want it. Uh, I want to see how that plays out throughout the game. I don't know if it's like you're one on this that, that one planet. So if you go back to that planet, they're going to hunt you down. I don't know if there's a way for you to bribe yourself out of that. I'm interested, man. I'm sorry, but they, they did just enough to make me be interested to see that you're not just making another shooter you're actually trying to break it up a little bit. You're trying to do different things. And as long as you keep that gameplay loop fun to where I get that point to where I can do stealth. And I and if I get caught, I can't fight my way out of it. I can use my companion as a way to solve puzzles and to be stealthy and fight, which I thought was really cool. If you just had a blaster, you can uh, 
take down an enemy, have your little companion go fetch you another weapon. I thought was really cool. I was like, okay, awesome. The cute little companion is there to be helpful, not just to be cute. I'm sorry, man, but I really want to be hopeful about this. I really think it looks cool. I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt because what they showed does look promising. I want to clarify, though, by me going, I don't trust them to deliver on what they promised. They're doing too much. And we just spent so much time talking about Bethesda and Starfield and everything they promised. The difference is, as much shit as I've given Bethesda in the past, that Michael's given Bethesda in the past, that, you know, I think a lot of people have given Bethesda in the past. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. They still do deliver in a lot of ways. I trust them to pull off Starfield. Again, at least 70 to 75% of what they promised. Which is would be spectacular. Now, with this, with Ubisoft, I don't trust them at all to pull it off. Okay, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's fair, that's fair. I don't know, man. I don't even know how much we saw is going to be indicative of the final product. Because that's something else Ubisoft is known to do. So I think that's where I'm coming from. Now, of what we saw, it did look good. I like the vibes of the game. I do like the idea of you playing as this smuggler who's just trying to, no pun intended, be this outlaw. And no Jedi are in sight. No Siths are in sight. No lightsabers are around. I like that. Keep that vibe. So far. So far. Yeah. Like that, not every story has to be tied to some massive universe-changing event in Star Wars. <laughs> so I like the vibe yeah. of it. Looks cool. The graphics were really good. I think that was the standout of the entire showcase, visually. <laughs> Including Avatar, which Avatar looked good. Ish. Again, that's massive. I, I, yeah. I think Massive does a great job. Of both are Massive, right? Great. Yeah, both were done by Massive. So, yeah, I think that's indicative of Massive more than Ubisoft. I just don't trust the publisher more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you, you already know there's going to be some bullshit special edition that has extra nonsense. And... and you know why I also don't trust them? Because of what we saw from Assassin's Creed Mirage. We got a gameplay demo for Assassin's Creed Mirage that takes us back to the roots of Assassin's Creed, which I was down for. It's exactly what I kind of want from Assassin's Creed right now. But when we saw the gameplay for it, it looks a bit like Assassin's Creed Unity or Assassin's Creed 3 or Assassin's Creed 4. It doesn't look like a next-gen Assassin's Creed in the slightest. Now, if it was the old-school Assassin's Creed with updated animations and visuals and facial animations and everything looked like it was next-gen, then there was a reasoning behind us doing this. We're going back to the roots of what Assassin's Creed used to be. This is going to be a new era of this franchise. Be 100% down for it. But it seems like it was... It seems a bit half-assed to me. From what we've seen so far. And also, I'm really not down with the superpowers that they have given Bassam. The where he's over there using a ghost form to assassinate people. Yeah, uh, kind of like with uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, which one was it? Shadow of Mordor? I think it might be Shadow of Mordor. Well, yeah, because that and the sequel or uh, the prequel. I forget which one Shadow of Mordor was. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mordor games... 
Oh, man. Yeah, they had that power. But it made sense because you were actually, like, possessed by some ghost king. So it made sense that you could use his powers to go around ghosting and backstabbing five people at once. Uh, but here, I was like, oh, man, this looks really good. I don't care what Taylor says. I'm so into Mirage. It's finally back to the old school, not that RPG bullshit. And then that happened. I was like, well, that kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. Ubisoft also showed off Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is a first-person shooter. I hate to be three for three on I didn't care for this. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't care for this. To be honest, no, man, to be honest, you you can say that about the whole Ubisoft forward. I don't want to be that guy. I used to love Ubisoft. Far Cry 3, Old School Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon. This was a franchise, or not a franchise, this was a publisher Splinter that had Cell. franchises that you wanted to play through. The Spl- yeah, Splinter Cell, hell, Rainbow Six Siege, I still do enjoy Siege. Oh, man. But Rayman, Rayman Legends was amazing. I love Rayman Legends. Yeah, I mean, there's so many franchises that they have, but man, it's just, here in these past five to, well, it feels like five to ten years, they just seem so fucking uninspired, man. Yeah, it feels more like 20, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm not even a fan of Avatar <laughs> like that. But when we saw what we got with Frontiers of Pandora, I couldn't help but be like, that was the concept? A first-person shooter in the Avatar world? Why? Like, that's all you had? Like, this is the Avatar franchise. Dude, And both Avatar movies are in the top five of the highest grossing movies of all time. And that's the concept. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, James, I just couldn't I mean, it's, it's, it. it's, it's, it's so big, James Cameron is in a battle with himself to be number one spot between his Titanic and Avatar. Yeah. So. James Cameron is ruling that list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, man, I, I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I, ah, man, because I'm one of those people who wants to explore Pandora. So being in first person as a first person Navi, I was actually okay with it uh, until they started showing that, yeah, it's going to be the, the Navis versus the humans again to where we're to where you're, uh, you're just shooting humans. Like, oh no, I see. I want to, I want to be on Pandora where I'm battling other Navi's or Navi-like creatures in the world while I'm battling the wild, where I'm just a Navi living and surviving. I don't care about the humans. I don't care about all that. But of course, the whole theme of Avatar, of James Cameron's Avatar, is the planet, you know, uh, our Earth, our water, our resources. So I get that. I was like, gosh darn it. I was kind of hoping that would be a heavy focus but anything else you want to talk about from the Ubisoft event? I didn't really. It was just very low energy, man. Yeah, I think that was really about it. Like you said, it existed. It was a thing. It was there. Uh, honestly, Ubisoft, I believe the Ubisoft Ford event was kind of a waste of time. I think it was a bit of a whiff, but you still did have, even though I was not personally a fan of it, I do know there's probably lots of people who are excited for Star Wars and Avatar and Assassin's Creed Mirage. So you had those three big titles there for Ubisoft that they showed off. And to their credit, they showed gameplay for all three. Yeah, no, they did. They they, they, they did. Yeah, so very fair to them there. They showed gameplay, 
which is more than what some games have done. All right. Are you ready to get out of here? Yeah, right yeah, right 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 before we do. Taylor, can you tell us what you're playing and where we can find you? I have not been playing too much. Uh I have been playing a bit of Diablo 4. It's Ooh. pretty fun. Enjoying it so far. I've never really been that huge into Diablo, so I'm learning a lot about it. I've been playing as a barbarian. So I'm still pretty low level. I'm not sure. Like, I'm in that area right now where I'm like, I don't know if I want to switch characters, but uh, am I too far in with the Barbarian here? Because I'm seeing other friends of mine have a lot of fun with other characters. And I'm wondering, like, is the Barbarian going to get better later on? Or is it something (laughs) that I'm messing up? Because, I, I mean, I'm having some fun, but I feel like I'm missing out on being a damaging force or a tank so that's where i'm at still trying to find my footing with diablo 4 what have you been playing uh surprisingly enough i've been playing fortnite lately Hmm. i yeah i don't know how but fortnite has become fun somehow i i maintain fortnite was very fun when it first came out not even talking about the tower defense the battle royale was really fun even with the building mechanics I do think it got a bit too hectic with crossovers. <laughs> See, that's that's weird for me. I hated Fortnite when it first came out. I tried playing it. I couldn't build, so maybe that you know, maybe that hurt me from enjoying the game. When I'm trying to snipe somebody and they build like a four-story freaking building, and I'm like, okay, I don't have the ammo for this. Uh, but you know what? I think the crossovers what help makes it fun because. I, Taylor, and I know you and I, we talked about battle passes and how much we despise them. I actually purchased uh, last season's battle pass in Fortnite because I was actually having fun with it. And they actually give you enough uh, V-Bucks in the battle pass to where you can get the battle pass for next season without having to spend money. So I was like, oh, well, shit. Now I'm in the loop. I'm stuck now. Uh, I'm, I've been enjoying the no build mode. For some strange reason, the no build mode is so much fun to me. I have been enjoying that one tremendously. And I don't know when it happened, Taylor, but Fortnite has become fun. Yeah, I mean, I buy it. I know that they did have that across the Spider-Verse crossover recently. So that's pretty yeah, cool. That was, yeah, yeah, that was the last season. I missed out on that. I got in late. Uh, I got in like right around a couple weeks before the season ended, so I didn't get the skin, which I don't really care. Uh, the skins don't really matter to me a whole lot. They got some pretty cool stuff every now and again, so I didn't really feel like I had to have it. Thank goodness I'm not 13, or else I would have probably bought the skin. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm in my 30s to where I can beat my uh, eight, my uh, urge to just compulsively buy cool-looking skins. Uh, but yeah, Taylor, where can we find you? You can find me here on this podcast. You can find me over at any of the other podcasts we do over at TNS Network. And you could also find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. And so, Michael, so you don't have to do this, uh, join our Discord if you enjoyed this episode. Talk with us about your thoughts on the Xbox Showcase, what you thought about Starfield, what you thought about Ubisoft's event, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Michael, what are you working on and where can people find you? 
Well, with Steam Fest next coming up, I am doing a bunch of emails and stuff. Uh, so hopefully I'm working on a few preview videos for that. I am also going to be very busy for the next couple of months with uh, conventions. There's a bunch of conventions coming up. I got one coming up this weekend and I got one coming up next weekend. And I think I have another one coming up a couple of weekends after that. Uh, I'm sure Taylor's already annoyed with how busy I've gotten with conventions this season. But I'm going to be doing that. But you can keep up with all of that at uh, my Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. Or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. Oh, man, what an episode. Let's go ahead and bounce. So until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>